This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors and our affiliate members. And the goal that we have is to give you guys out there listening all the information possible so that you can make good informed decisions. And remember, a good team would never consider going into a game without a goal and a well-prepared game plan and, and a good strategy. Well, one shouldn't enter into the real estate market without a clear goal and a well-prepared game plan and strategy also. That's where your coach, the realtor, and your loan officers come into play. So to help me with this week's game plan, I have two senior loan officers. That doesn't mean you guys are old. You guys are just experienced. And I want to uh, welcome Dan Mueller. Dan is a um, the regional manager at Citywide Home Loans. And we also have Sean Connolly, who is the branch manager of the Paso Robles branch for Citywide Home Loans. And, you know, you can get 940 ESPN over there in Paso Robles. Yes, we do. Nice and clear. All right. Um, how, how long have you, I, I called you guys seniors, how long have you been in the <laughs> business? So. Uh, I started actually in real estate back in the, uh, in the 80s, and one of the first places I had the opportunity to work at was Farina Real Estate, and probably one of the greatest guys I've ever had a chance to work with, sales manager, was you, Don. So uh, <laughs> learned a lot from you and Harry Pascuzzi, and what a great group of guys that we had the opportunity to work with. And I remember we had the first kiosk in Fashion Fair. You remember that? Oh, yeah. And so it was a lot of fun, other than interest rates were over 15% at the time. So... When I hear that you know rates are high at four and a half percent or whatever, it's 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 a great market. And we're going to talk about it in a little bit of how at fifteen and a half percent you could still put make it work. Yeah, um, it, it was tougher. I only I only sold two houses the whole year, and uh, one was my mom's house. So. <laughs> Okay, you're you're not going to believe this, but I even remember another sale. Maybe it was the next year. You sold your sister a home on Ferris. Yes, yeah. See, I remember all this stuff. Wow, that's a great memory. <laughs> Sean, um, how long have you been in the business? I've uh, been in. I'm in my 24th year. So he started when he was 10, I think. Yeah, right. I yeah. wish. <laughs> so okay, so you've seen a few ups and downs yourself. Yes. Um. Let's talk about interest rates now. I've I found this chart, and because everybody's talking about how interest rates are going up, although the last month they've gone down. They, uh, what well, would you say it, about it, a half inter- percent? Yeah, and what's interesting is last year was challenging in the sense to where, when you're in a market where rates kind of steadily go up and up and up, it starts things start slowing down. Obviously, this year uh, rates have gone down considerably, and we're seeing the market really take off. So, um, you know, it definitely is helping the market, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. We're seeing right now a swing of about five-eighths across the board, FHA and conventional, coming down. So it's allowing people to kind of regroup and look at things again as, you know, more affordable payments, 
you know, especially here in Fresno for uh, the income-based people. And when you say more affordable payments, that's a perfect segue into this little chart that I found, and it goes back to 1972. In 1972, the interest rates were about 7.5%. By 1982, they were up to 18%. Um, Now, and I tried to put that onto a chart here, but the chart that I have doesn't go beyond 14%. So I can't give you what the payment was back then without being really smart so and doing it on my own. So, But at 14%, the payment was about $1,175 per $100,000 that you borrowed. So, um, and to put that in perspective... Today, that's going to be right around $500. So for the same $100,000 you're borrowing because interest rates are not at 14, they're actually in the fours, um, it goes from $1,175 down to about $500. That gives you a lot more purchasing power. Well, and and what you're seeing is a lot of car payments are higher than the house payment in some situations, you know, where... Per hundred thousand, you know, you might be five hundred as opposed to a car payment might be seven or eight hundred. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I'll bet you see some interesting things on all those loan applications you take. <laughs> um, I just had one recently where I took an application for a rental home, and yeah, their their truck payment was almost a thousand bucks a month. Wow. And I'm thinking, geez, I'm going to rent this. Five bedroom home for thirteen hundred. <laughs> so, all right. How how did we put deals together back in the day when interest rates were so high? Carrybacks, seller carrybacks. Remember that? Okay. And Explain that for our listeners. So, well, I mean, you, you don't have a lot of options when rates are that high, and and so I think at the time uh, you saw a lot more aggressive programs back then where you see graduated payments and and you know where gradually you'd see each year the payment would go up interest rate would would adjust so you know it, it changed because we, we used to be in a world where it was just a 30 and a 15 then we had to start looking at other uh, financing options and I know one of those options that I looking back I didn't like my very first loan was a 40-year mortgage and I thought, oh, well, that'll really help keep my my payments low. A few years later, I took a class at Fresno State on finance and realized that it didn't really make that much difference. <laughs> it was about the effect. Of, I saved enough money every month to buy a pizza huh. is what it came down to. So after that, I decided that I'm not even going to do 30-year mortgages, you know, look at 15s and 20s because it's so much more advantage to the borrower. You know, I, I had a client come in uh, the other day, and uh, I looked at all of his uh, mortgage statements, and he got quite a few rentals. And, you know, I'm looking at some rates at six and a quarter, six and a half, but he'd been paying on the loans for 15 years. And I go, you know, your whole payment is basically principal now. So it really doesn't make sense for you to refinance that loan if you're going to keep it and pay it off. So you got to look at the amortization schedule as well. That's important. And thank you for doing that for that person because that's going to be 
what we're talking about in the next segment is when to refinance, when not to, um, what loans to be careful of, because not every loan fits every borrower. Yeah, you have to ask all the questions like, how long are you going to be in the house? Uh, what are your goals? Um, you know, just kind of do a little bit more than just focus on the loan itself. Mm-hmm. So, Sean, when you got in the business, where were interest rates at? We were sitting about 8%. Um that's very workable. It was, but I didn't have anything to compare it to. It was, uh, you know, new in the new in the industry, coming out of the grocery business and do mortgages, and in real estate, it was, you know, eight percent. I was like, okay, that makes sense to me. For you career-minded listeners out there, just I just put two and two together. Both of you came out of the grocery business. We did. Yeah. I yeah. remember when we hired Dan Mueller. Yeah. Um, in fact, I don't even know. I mean, I'm glad we did hire you. You ended up Thanks, being Tom. really good. <laughs> <laughs> because I only sold two houses in two years. Is that no, you <laughs> did better than that. Because I remember here you were a full time student at Fresno yeah. State. You worked at Headliner yeah, Grocery Foodland, Store. Right, right, yeah. And you came to work for us. And I think one month you were our top salesperson. So you, you did more <laughs> than two. Okay. You're, you're being humble. Well. Either that or your memory's not as good as mine. A little bit of both, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what got you interested in mortgages as opposed to the grocery business? A uh, local broker over here was, uh, her daughter was my wife's best friend growing up, mm-hmm. and she felt that I had a mind for numbers. Numbers have always made sense to me, mm-hmm. and I had sales ability, and she said, you should think about getting into Mortgages, and I said, I don't know anything about them. So she invited me to come over to Homes Day down here at uh, Selen Arena, and I spent a day watching, paying attention, talking to people, and I went, you know what, this makes sense. I think I could do this. So I got my license, and here I am 24 years later, still doing it. Great. Dan, what got you into it? Uh, you know, I... It's funny you used to say that because both my brothers were in construction, and I thought I would go to Fresno State, graduated in construction management, and I took a couple classes, and I didn't do very well, and I realized construction wasn't going to be the the avenue for me. And then I started uh, to look into financing uh, the business aspect, and, and, and I always liked real estate, so I, it was kind of a question, do I want to sell, do I want to get into financing? And the more that I sold, I realized, you know what, I think I want to do more of the financing side. So I, I graduated from Fresno State in finance, and I went to work for an escrow title company. Great experience, uh, Safeco Chicago, learned a lot. Um, and then from there, I got into uh, the financing side of it. Mm-hmm. Great. With that, we are going to go to our first commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we're about to take care of some business here. So I have two experienced loan officers here in the studio with me today, and we're going to talk about some loan programs. But the way I'd like to structure today's discussion 
if you guys would oblige me, is let's pick a loan program. Like, for example, maybe we'll start with first-time homebuyer programs. But I'd like to know what are the pros and the cons of that, because not every loan is for everybody. So, um, and my example would be if you, if you're a first-time homebuyer, but you've already got 25% cash ready for a down payment, do you really need to go with those programs? What are the pros and the cons? So let's start off. Sean, I understand you, you love doing first-time homebuyer programs. I guess you could say that. Okay. I've been doing them for a long time. So there are a lot of programs out there designed for the first-time home buyer. That is a buyer that is considered hasn't had ownership interest in a home in the last three years. So coming out of where we where we came out back in 07, 08, people who maybe have lost a home during the, during the downturn, three years after are now considered first-time home buyers again. Some have money. Some don't. So there is down payment assistance programs designed specifically for people who don't have money for down payment, don't have money for closing costs, may have the ability to get some money from parents to help out a little bit, but really need the assistance that the state of California offers. So we have a couple of uh, state-funded programs through the California Housing Finance Agency and the Golden State Finance Agency. So we have two different types of programs that help a borrower get in with very little out-of-pocket. Now, you brought up a situation where a borrower's got 20 25% down. Do they really need this type of a program? If their credit is strong, they don't. Use your money, put it down, because it's equity. You're just buying, you're buying equity into your home, investing that money into the future of your family, and helping grow your wealth. You can do a standard conventional 30-year, a conventional 15-year. If credit is challenged, then we would swing that borrower to an FHA government loan because it's a little more flexible when it comes to the credit and credit challenges. So let me ask you a question. How many first-time home buyers even know that those programs exist? If they're... If they're not looking and searching, they're not going to know. That's, I mean, you know, the Internet's a great tool if it's used properly, like anything else. And a lot of times people have taken the Internet and, as we've talked in the past, um, use the Internet to get their loans for a home. And that can be a good thing, but it can also be a very dangerous thing because you're not going to get the personal attention from an Internet lender that you're going to get from somebody here locally, that you can walk into the office, sit down with that person, ask all your questions, even after the loan is done, still have the ability to come back and meet with your loan officer and get your questions answered. I just thought of something good. It's like, well, why is it that you get more attention from somebody locally than online? Because you don't. it's human nature. You don't drive somewhere go into somebody's office and after two and a half minutes say, okay, thank you very much, <laughs> and, and delete them. Uh, that doesn't happen. You, you, If the two of you are taking the time to meet one another, you're going to give it more time. And I'll bet you so often a lot of the key elements of that person's situation come up later on in the conversation. People just don't break right out and say, well, this is 
this is my situation entirely. Right. You got to ask the questions. But you made a, you made an interesting comment. What makes it a benefit to work with somebody locally versus somebody online? Well, who knows your marketplace better than someone here locally? Who knows the hurdles we have to overcome, not only in the state of California, but maybe here in Fresno County or Madera County or Kings County or Kern County? Us here locally in the Valley, we know what hurdles have to be overcome. Dan's an expert in the construction field. He knows the steps that are going to have to be taken in order to get that construction loan, get it in place and ready to go, versus somebody who's in New York doing your loan, has no clue technically as to what's going on in Fresno County and the steps and hurdles that we have to overcome here. All right. So a question I have, too, uh, on the first, like, like if, so let's say you have 20, 25% down of your own money, so you don't need to have that first-time home buyer program. But somebody might think, well, I'll just take advantage of the program and keep my money in the bank. But is there a negative part? Like, is the interest rate higher? Are the terms less? You know what? That's a great question because uh, you would think that the more money you put down in some situations that the rate's going to be lower. But in some situations, it could be a 95, 5% down, and the rate might be even better because there is mortgage insurance involved. So, um, you know, you just have to price it based on, you know, how much you're putting down, the FICO score, the loan program. Uh, but that, that could be all over, wouldn't you say? Yes. And the thing is, with the down payment assistance programs, there's, there's a few of them with each agency. So for a first-time home buyer, it may be better come in with your money and use one of the down payment assistance programs because you get a below market rate. And it's it's pretty amazing. We've done a few of those here in the past six months, and it's a substantial savings using the government agency as the funding institution and using their rate. Because they're going to be about, in that particular program, they're a quarter to a half a point below what our market rate is right now. Or you could have mom and dad help you with the down payment once they're out of school and have a job. And you see a lot of that right now in today's market where mm-hmm. parents are trying to help out their kids get into their, their first house. So, Okay. And that's called the pop loan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what I'm hearing you guys say is that it's if I'm a borrower and I come and I sit down in your office, we need to find out options, price out different options. So you're not just selling one product. No. No. No, okay. we have a list of products. Mm-hmm. And everybody's scenario and picture is different. What may work for you may be something totally different for me and something totally different for Dan, as an example. So when we sit down and look at a person's picture, we're trying to design the right program that's going to best fit their family's needs. And it's a difference of calling it mortgage planning versus just doing a loan. Well, I like and, that. And I'm going to borrow that statement from you for the future shows, mortgage planning. Yeah. 
Well, and, and, you know, every borrower wants an agent needs a prequal letter. What better way to go in and meet with your loan officer specialist and, and go through that process and 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 then work through a budget and a, and a monthly payment and then have that uh, that prequal letter when they're out uh, looking at houses. Mm-hmm. Great. So um, in a key thing here, because one of the goals of Welcome Home Radio is to make sure that the next time there's a, a recession or a mortgage housing crisis, that Fresno is not in the top 10 of foreclosures in the country. We don't even want to be in the top 100. So education, which is what we can get from Welcome Home Radio, is key. So what are what are the questions you like to hear from your clients that come in there so that you know you can put them in the right mortgage so they can mortgage plan as best as possible? Well, I, I think it starts, first of all, what, what are their goals? I mean, is this a house that... They know they're going to be in for three or four years. Uh, say start a family. Are they going to, you know, look down the road and say, you know, um, I, I would say the first question would be, you know, uh, looking at their budget, their monthly payments, and where they want to be as far as their their budgeting. Because uh, some people, you know, they just don't they don't want the high payment. They want to make sure that I mean, there's other things that they would like to do. So I think it starts first with sitting down with them and going through a monthly budget. Mm-hmm. What kind of questions do you like to see, Sean? I like to look at, similar to what Dan is, what's their goal? What is their plan for the future? How long do they plan on staying in the home? Um, one of the things when I went through my schooling, we were we were taught to be ethical. And during the early 2000s up through the crash, there was a lot of unscrupulous people doing mortgages putting people in loans that were actually good loans, but not for those type, for that person. Not for a person working at Target making 12 bucks an hour buying a $400,000 house because this particular loan program allowed them to state their income and it had, you know, three or four payment options down the road. Mm-hmm. And it just, it was not the right program for that person. That program was designed for an investor. Who was a seasoned home buyer who had numerous properties. Not a bad loan if it's managed properly. So I think educating your borrower is a big key so that we don't end up in the situation that we had years, you know, a few years ago. And education's a big thing. You've got to teach that borrower what they're doing and how the loan works and the importance of making their house payment. You guys are making me think of something. I believe that oh. most, yeah, <laughs> I'm <dangerous>. actually thinking <laughs> that could be dangerous. <laughs> but what I'm currently thinking is I believe most borrowers go in to see their loan officer to find out if they qualify. But actually what I'm hearing you say is with a thorough discussion and putting out options, it's not if you qualify, but it's what you qualify for and how you would do it and what's best for you. So it's more of a discussion than a test. That's Yeah, the keeping their best interests at heart is mm-hmm. the, the utmost, the number one goal. And I'll bet you 
being you guys have been in it for decades, that you've had a lot of repeat clients. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you, you take good care of people. They remember you. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll come back again. So, yeah. all right. When we get back from our next commercial break, we're going to get into a few more different loan types and what are the pros and cons of those. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we got both our guests rocking now. I think you like that intro music. Put me in coach. All right, so you guys are in the game right now, and you're out there. We got to help our listeners know what are good mortgages, what are bad mortgages. And I, I think what Sean said so well earlier is really they're all good mortgages if it's the right fit, the right person. Correct. So as we go through this list of loans and find out the characteristics of them, give us the the pros and the cons of them, too, so that we would know that this is for me or not for me. How about a rate and term refinance? So, And I'll give you a scenario. Somebody's uh, in the house. Uh, they've got equity now because they bought it for 200 and now it's worth 300 um, so they got decent equity. They um, Their interest rate is at 5%, and they have 20 years left on it. Okay, and they come to you and say, I understand I can do better than 5%, so take it from there. Well, I would look at, uh, did they have mortgage insurance at the time when they, when they did their original uh, purchase? Let's say, yeah, let's say yeah. yes. Okay. So there's a way to now remove that, being that they're in an equity position to do so. But being that they're in a, they've been in it for 10 years, um, may want to visit a 15-year mortgage, which is going to get them a lot better rate than what they currently have and could probably possibly save them some money. Well, and then if they if they go back to a 20-year and they make one extra payment a year, I think that is equivalent to a 15-year. Yeah. But uh, a lot of times I see where they've been paying the loan for so many years, even though the rate's high, they're paying almost all principal. So if their goal is that they they want to pay it off faster and just do it with a lower rate, that may or may not be, you know, an option for them. You know, I always tell them, too, bring in your mortgage statement so mm-hmm. I can see the principal and the interest. That makes a difference. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's something people need to look at when they do a refinance is how much principal are they paying now versus what will they pay at the end. And I'll give you an example. Let's say you're you're paying $600 a month in principal reduction. That's $600 that you're putting into your equity, into your personal savings account or yeah. your investment. But if you were to refinance, you might go back to as little as $200 a month. Now, you know, uh, that's going into it, out of your payment. So that, I think that's a consideration to take in, too. Well, and then if they're, you know, if they're going away to college and tuition is, like, astronomical like it is in today's world, you know, it may make sense to pull cash out and and pay for things that, you know, payment-wise is maybe 
you know, cheaper for them to do that. Okay, so there's a couple of different types of refis. There's rate and term, where you're trying to better your rate and term. Then there's also cash-out refis. T- tell us about those cash-outs. Well, it, it, I guess it starts with loan-to-value first, um, as far as going up to 80% cash-out, and then what the pricing difference is between an 80% and a 75% cash-out. Um, that's probably the first step. Wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you want to examine, you know, maybe have a conversation uh, regarding what they're going to use the money for. Um, we've had people come in and want to take cash out of their house to pay off their car. That one's a real tough one to swallow because you're now going sure to finance that car for the term of your mortgage. And that, by the time, you know, let's be realistic. Five, six years from now, that car is no longer in your picture. It's mm-hmm. gone. Or if you go to pay off all those high interest rate credit cards, that dinner you bought is no yep. longer in your picture. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Yep. And yet Very you're good. paying for it on a 30-year mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, and I think when you deal locally and face-to-face with a loan officer, I think you have a better chance of getting an honest answer of, uh, or an honest conversation about, do you really want to do that? Do you realize that you're putting that dinner on a 30-year mortgage? <laughs> good point. Yep, yeah. very yeah. good point. Um, when I think when you're dealing online, if all the boxes are checked, let's, you know, submit. Yeah. And, and it, you may not realize what you're actually doing. Yeah. Very true. And, and that te- was a huge problem we had back in the early 2000s when people, our first run of Internet banking, our first run at getting mortgages online, it was too easy to s- click and submit and get a mortgage that didn't make a lot of sense. It was not only that, but it was the first time here in the Valley where there was some actually pretty substantial appreciation in values. And... Some people were literally addicted to refinancing. I had clients coming in probably twice a year because rates were plummeting, values were going up, and they were they were addicted to it. Well, and then you had some people pulling cash out, putting it in the stock market, and it's like you know how the market can go up and down. And those are things that you know I, I just strongly recommend to go in and talk to a mortgage professional. And, and really talk, get a game plan together, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, let them know what your goals and expectations are so that they can put a plan for you. Okay, excellent. And, and I like that about being addicted. I, I saw one case um, where somebody had refinanced six times before they finally lost the house. And it sped up at the end. The last two or three were done every six months, and I think that's because that's when the teaser rate went away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I mean by a teaser rate is back in that day, these big mortgage uh, lenders. Um, <laughs> and I, the and big I, ones, the, the ones that were. That know. are no longer around anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and what I want to, I want to differentiate between a local 
mortgage loan officer and the the lender or the investor is I right. guess the right word. Yeah. The the large corporations that were investing in these mortgages said, hey, you know, you can start off with a one percent interest rate mm-hmm. for six months. Then it'll go up to what it should be. All right, when people realize that, wow, there's a difference between one percent, uh, the payment on one percent and six percent. It yeah, it blew them away, and they couldn't really afford it after the seventh or eighth month. Yeah, so that that was not a good one. Um, Let's go into a different type of financing now. Construction, renovation loans, and... Love it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I've been doing them for 20 years now, and um, it's just, it's really neat to sit down with clients and and map out their plan as far as uh, whether they want to, they've got a lot they want to build on or whether they want to buy a house and do a renovation loan. I, You know, refinance, I mean... uh, Kitchens and 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 remodels are very expensive. I mean, it just is. So, you know, we're finding in today's market, it's nice that we're seeing some appreciation, and that the values have been very stable. And and with that, we're able to to help them uh, to to build and 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 have the value to be able to support that. So, uh, it's just a niche product that we have that. Uh, has done really well, and, and it's it's helped people build their dream house. How does it work? Well, the first thing you got to do is you got to go out and you got to get a lot, or you got to you know, have a place to build, and then you want to pick out your builder, uh, and then um, you'll you'll need to put a budget together as far as the cost. Um, our program really it, there isn't a lot of forms or whatnot. It's very basic, and uh, and then you want to go through the process of designing the house. And, and going through the budget side of it, uh, submitting the plans uh, to the city or county. Uh, and usually it's going to take a good six to seven to eight months on that process. Okay. And um, so it, let's say somebody got a, a construction loan for a total value of 500000 but you're not borrowing that all at the same time, are you? Right. No. And and your lot is your your equity into it. So if someone bought a lot or they were it's a gift to them or um, that that is your equity into the whole project. And it's just neat to see the process of it of going from you know the lot to the foundation to the building side of it and and you know the process from the beginning to the end. And it, it takes a while, but uh, it's 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 a great program. What about the renovation side of that? Let's say somebody buys a home that's for two hundred thousand, but it, it could be worth three hundred if it had some improvements done to it. How does that one work? Well, uh, the renovation you still have to have equity into the house, or or so there still has to be that equity part of it down payment. So you know, if you buy a house for five hundred thousand, you want to put two hundred thousand into it. You're 700000 You have to have equity into the renovation. But typically, and, and, and what I'm seeing in today's market, is we're seeing the value justify a lot of those. So, you know, we're seeing where houses need to be renovated, and people are coming in and buying them, putting the money into it, uh, remodel the kitchen, add a room, whatnot. So uh, I, I see such a great, healthy, stable market right now in the sense to where we've got good values, Great rates, and uh, I don't know where 
employment's out right now, but a lot of jobs out there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And what, just to touch on that with Dan, we do have the full type of uh, construction renovation programs, but we also have the government subsidized ones through FHA. That's a good, yeah. Touch the, on that a little bit. Yeah, the 203Ks and the Fannie Mae. Uh, renovation programs. So a borrower who is interested in a home, has a little money to put down, can buy that house and get in touch with the contractor, get all the pieces put together, and finance the renovations to bring that house up to where they want. It may need a roof. It may need a roof. It may need a kitchen. It may need bathrooms, floor coverings, paint, windows, doors, all that stuff, and you can put that in to the loan and purchase a home that way. So, so it's a very may, nice program. You may see that in the in the uh, real estate side where you're showing houses and, you know, they're saying, gosh, I love this home, I love the location, everything fits, but if I could just remodel the kitchen or if I could just, you know, th- these are t- type of loans that are perfect for that. Okay. So they should look into uh, a renovation loan, yep. and there's the government-sponsored ones and then the, the the private ones. Right. And I think people, too, also have to be careful in doing a renovation loan to see if you're going to be paying for it on a 30-year mortgage, you want to make sure that that improvement is going to be good for most of that that's time. That's a good point. Yeah. So you know, let's say putting a new roof on. Okay, that's going to pretty much cover the life of the loan. Let's say it's just painting. Eh, you know, the paint's going to last five years, ten years at the most. So maybe not a good one to put on. If that was it on its own, maybe not good to put that on there. Well, and, and that's a good point because, you know, you put a roof on, it could be anywhere from ten to 15000 Someone may have need to refinance the house in order to... To, to do those improvements. So right. it's important that, you know, you look at that side of it. Yeah. And there are minimums. You know, you can't you can't just go and say, well, I'm going to put 3500 bucks into a rehabilitation loan. It, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And that may be paint and uh, maybe some floor coverings. But that's something you're going to want to do on your own because there isn't a way to do that in a refi unless you just to pull the cash out and do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's time for our next break, so let's go to that break now, and when we get back, just stay tuned. Welcome Home Radio. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, along with Sean Connolly, the voice of radio. We were just discussing that. And Dan Mueller of Citywide. Both of you guys are from Citywide Home Loans. And, um, yeah, i got to agree with you, Dan. Sean has that That's perfect great. Radio voice. voice. Of, yeah. Give, give us Stop like a, maybe a, a Dodger play-by-play. Go no, ahead. Let's not get in. Come on. No, you didn't just want to talk about one. the Dodgers. Well, so, do we have time? We don't have time to talk no, about No time no, to talk we, about the Dodgers we as don't much have, as yeah. we would Giants, like to. So we do. Hey, plus it's the off-season. You know, we got to rest, relax here. we got a Giant fan and a Dodger fan here, as you can tell. Actually, two Dodger fans here. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if you count Bobby oh, over there in the boardroom, it's okay. two to two. <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. All right, let's get into 
how technology has changed, if it has changed, your industry. Now, Dan, when you took your first loan application, you probably did it all on paper and yeah. probably had to drive it over to the the underwriter because uh, we didn't even have fax machines back then. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was in the Stone Age, right? <laughs> yeah, you you carve it on the side of the cave, right? Yeah, I don't know. That was a long time ago. Yeah, no, definitely everything is generated, and you know, it's funny because when I ran out the door this morning, I thought, okay, I didn't think about my wallet. I thought about my phone, and it was like everything evolves around our phone in today's world. Uh, just ask my 18-year-old, you know. Um, can't get it away from her, but yeah. And, and then the neat thing about the phone, though, is that the technology that the phone has in, in in our world today is unbelievable. I mean, digital apps and and the speed of getting documentation is just it's really helping the borrowers. Wouldn't you say? Yes, definitely. We're able now to upload uh, documentation through the phone that goes right into our loan applications and into our operating system. So it's really sped up the process and simplified it for the borrower so they're not having to run in to the office or go home and scan a document into their computer and email it. They do have that option to do so. But it's also made it easier on the loan officer and the agents where we used to be, you know, available to sit down with the agent, sit in their office, um, we do a lot of builder business and working with uh, the local builders. And the technology has simplified the process so much now, there's really not really a need to have the loan officer sitting in the subdivision because we have the technology now with tablets and other things like Dan brought up the phone app where the borrower can come in, register through the tablet, and the information goes right up into our operating well, system. Well, and, and, we and the other thing that is way. that you really, it's got to be secure, okay? So, you know, uh, the that side of it as well as far as securing the sensitive documentation is the utmost uh, importance. So, uh, but, but the speed of the phone and the software in today's world has really come a long ways in the last year or so, would yep. you say? Absolutely. Okay, now I'm a little bit confused right now because, Uh-oh. yeah. <laughs> you got that confused look. That's right. Well, and that is, I know that it's good to deal face-to-face mm-hmm. with your local um, person, so the uh, loan officer, but if you can do it all by tablet, what's the difference well, if I, they're... that's a good point. I didn't mean to cut you off, but... You know where I'm going with yeah, it. Yeah, I definitely know where you're going, and and I think the point is, is that... After you meet with the borrower, after you go over the loan programs and talk about, you know, where they want their budget and what, what their goals and expectations are, from that point after that, you can use your phone app for, you know, communicating back and forth. Because, I mean, think about it. We get our emails through our phone, texting. I mean, just ask my 18-year-old daughter. She'll tell you that. It's, everything okay. evolves really around yeah. our phone. In today's and world. I see your answer. So it, it's still important to meet with your loan officer, have that discussion about the right loan program and all. But, for example, here we are in the middle of January. People are starting to get their W-2s and 1099s in the mail. So if that was one of your re- loan requirements is need a 
copy of your 2018 W-2, someone could snap a picture of it and send it to you. Right. Right. Scan okay. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so instead of, you know, uh, going home, copying it or whatever, it's it's so much quicker and faster. Uh, it'll it'll speed it up. But, I mean, really, that's what the phone's done in our world today is right. made things quicker and faster. And Dan brought up a real, I'll be real quick, he brought up a very good thing, and that is security. In order to have these apps on our phones, we have to, in our situation with our company, we had to download three different security applications onto our phone in order to be able to have that technology available to us for people to scan their, their documents to us. So okay. it's all really secure. Yeah. And I, ha- as a realtor, I've noticed that things are going much faster on the loan side. It used to be, maybe <laughs> even just 10 years ago, where I was, you know, the loan officer always wanted a 45-day escrow, but sometimes we had to write a 30-day offer. And so, in today's world, you're writing a 15-day, right? You could. <laughs> almost, yeah. Um, but... It used to be where I would apologize to the loan officer for saying, I'm sorry, on this one, we need to do a 30-day because, you know, there were multiple offers and we had to go in quick. So, yeah. But now it's 30 is kind of a norm. Yeah, it is. It is. It, and if it does go longer than 30, it's usually because the seller needs time right. to move. So, in essence, it's really not the loan officer or the mortgage company. It's just the process or the escrow period that you have. On every transaction, I mean, on 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 an, on the average, you probably are on a 30-day on most of your real estate, or I mean, oh yeah, probably okay. that's. I mean, by the time you do your inspections, appraisal, escrow, title, yeah. Whereas 10, 15 years ago, I'd say the average would have been 45 days. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're finding the thing that holds us up the most generally is the borrowers being slow in responding, maybe their employers in getting us verifications of employment and whatnot back. And I've noticed that in the last probably 60 days, those have been the two biggest hurdles in our process mm-hmm. because the technology we have is extremely fast now. Yeah. Okay. You guys wanted to do a shout-out to somebody, so you got like 30 seconds well, for that. Well, I... I have to say hello to Cheryl in our office. Cheryl does a great job for us, uh, marketing and Marta and, um, you know, all the loan officers, Sue, Mike, and Nate, and, and Tricia, Kathy, Lori. I could go on and on, Marilyn. So I, I want to thank you guys because you do such a great job for us. Don't forget Denise. Oh, and Denise. Yeah, sorry, go. Denise. And then all of our, our support staff is, is fantastic. We probably have the best support staff, I would have to say, that I've, that I've worked with in my career. Okay. We have one minute left, so I want to ask for a 15-second forecast on, on the 2019 market. Go ahead, Dan. Uh, <laughs> I, it's excellent. I, I see great rates. I see the values. Um, I just, I think we're going to have a really good year. Sean? I agree. I agree. I think we're, rates are going to hold steady. Values, we're going to see a little bit of growth still, um, but it's going to be a good time for people to buy. Okay. Thank you both for coming in today. I hope all our listeners know a little bit more about mortgages today. And stay tuned next week for more to come on Welcome Home Radio. 
940 ESPN.